1: from the Bloomberg Interactive Brokers Studios. This is Bloomberg Daybreak for Wednesday, March 23rd, 2022. Coming up this hour.
2: President Biden heads to Europe to push for tougher sanctions on Russia.
1: Supreme Court nominee Ketanji Brown-Jackson's on Capitol Hill for day three of confirmation hearings.
2: And global bond markets suffer unprecedented losses since peaking last year.
1: New York City may lift
3: rules requiring face masks for children under five. Plus, a deadly tornado cuts a destructive path through New Orleans. Michael Barr. More ahead.
4: I'm John Stash, Aaron Sports. A loss for the Knicks, a win for the Islanders. The Devils beat the Rangers, and the top women's tennis player in the world is retiring. That's all straight
5: ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak. On Bloomberg 1130 New York. Bloomberg 991 Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 1061 Boston. Bloomberg 960 San Francisco. Sirius XM 119 and around the world on BloombergRadio.com and via the Bloomberg Business app.
2: Good morning. I'm John Tucker.
1: I'm Nathan Hager. Futures are moving a bit lower this morning. We're coming up to 501 on Wall Street. We check the markets every 15 minutes during the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P futures are down almost six points. Dow futures down 44. NASDAQ futures lower by 20 points. The 10-year Treasury is up 3.30 seconds. The yield 2.36 percent. Yield on the two-year, 2.14 percent. NYMEX crude up eight tenths percent or 85 cents at $110.15 a barrel. John?
2: Yeah, Nathan, we'll have more on the markets in a minute, but first, the latest on the war. Ukraine's President Volodymyr Zelensky says about 100,000 people remain in the besieged city of Maripol. They're without food, water, and medicine, and are under constant bombardment. Meantime, President Biden heads to Europe to rally around tougher sanctions on Russia. More from Bloomberg's Ed Baxter.
5: National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan says the Biden trip this week will
6: firm the plans. He will join our partners in imposing further sanctions on Russia and tightening the existing sanctions to crack down on evasion and to ensure robust enforcement. And reports are that the Biden administration is preparing sanctions on most members
5: of Russia's state Duma, the lower House of Parliament, more than 300. They will
1: be coordinated with the EU. In San Francisco, I'm Ed Baxter, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Ed, thanks. Another major story we're following brings us back to Capitol Hill, where it will be day three of Judge Katanji Brown-Jackson's Supreme Court hearing before the Senate Judiciary Committee. Yesterday marked her first chance to field questions from senators. Amy Morris has details from our Bloomberg 99.1 newsroom in Washington.
0: Republican Senator Marsha Blackburn pressed Jackson on abortion and whether she would respect the Supreme Court's ruling in the event that the court effectively guts Roe v. Wade.
7: Senator, whatever the Supreme Court decides in Dobbs will be the precedent of the Supreme Court, and I commit to treating it as I
0: would any other precedent. Republican Senator Tom Cotton pressed Jackson on policing and the role of law enforcement.
1: I asked a simple either-or question. Does United States need more or fewer police
7: Senator, the determination about whether there should be more or fewer police is a policy decision by another branch of government. It is not something that judges have control
0: over. More questioning by senators is set for today. In Washington, I'm Amy Morris, Bloomberg Daybreak.
2: Right, thanks, Amy. We turn from Washington to China now. And the latest details on the deadly plane crash this week. The China Eastern jet that crashed Monday was traveling close to the speed of sound just moments before it plunged into a hillside. Let's get more from Bloomberg, Stephen Angle in Hong Kong.
6: When the airplane is traveling at that speed, crashing into the ground, it obliterates Everything, including potentially the flight and voice data recorders, the so-called black boxes, which are actually, of course, orange, and those have not yet been found. And that will be critical, of course, to determining what exactly caused this mystery crash.
2: Bloomberg's Stephen Engel reports all 132 people on board the China Eastern Jet died in the crash.
1: Well, back here
6: in the U.S., John, for
1: Markets, it is all about the Fed. Central bank officials are joining Jay Powell's hawkish call on interest rates. Cleveland Fed President Loretta Mester says more than a quarter-point hike may be needed.
7: I don't think 50 basis points should be off the table. You know, my fund rate path is a little steeper than the median path. So if you do the math, you know, um, I think we're going to probably need to move some, some of those meetings.
1: Mester joins St. Louis Fed President Jim Bullard in calling for quicker tightening. Bullard tells Bloomberg faster is better when it comes to rate hikes. What you have to do is move the policy rate up discreetly a fair amount, uh, not to be too disruptive,
6: but I think 50 basis point moves would definitely be in the mix, and then get to a level that we can be neutral. And then from there, we can decide if we want to be restrictive
1: and put further downward pressure on inflation. Jim Bullard's reiterating his call for interest rates to go above 3% this year. Stay tuned for more from the Fed today. We'll speak live with San Francisco President Mary Daly. That's coming up at 11.30 a.m. Wall Street time on Bloomberg Radio and Television.
2: Nathan, the prospect of higher rates taking a toll on the bond market, the Bloomberg Global Aggregate Index, is a benchmark for government and corporate debt total returns has fallen 11% from its high in January last year. That's the biggest decline from a peak in data stretching back to 1990. It equates to a drop in the index market value of about $2.6 trillion. And when it comes to
1: stocks, John, now is not the time to buy. That's according to Mohammed el Arian, the Bloomberg Opinion columnist and chief economic advisor at Allianz, says investors need to pair their holdings.
8: If I'm investing over the next 12-month horizon, I would reduce equities at this point. I would take some money off the table. I think the market is giving you a wonderful opportunity to come out.
1: Mohammed Elarian says equity markets have yet to factor in what's to
2: come for the economy. And speaking of the economy, we have fresh data on wages this morning. A new study shows a lot of Americans are still seeing pay below $15 an hour. Bloomberg's Renita Young joins us live with details. Good morning, Renita.
7: Good morning, John. A report from Oxfam America finds one in three U.S. workers is still making less than $15 an hour. And the share of women and people of color earning that amount is even greater. The report helps quantify how Americans could be impacted by the Raise the Wage Act, which would set a $15 federal minimum wage. The legislation is still pending in Congress. Now, while 25% of men earn less than $15 an hour, the figure is 40% for women and 50% for women who are working of color. Live in New York, I'm Renita Young, Bloomberg Daybreak.
2: All right, Renita, thanks very much. And ahead of the cash open on Wall Street, futures this morning, they're lower. The Dow futures down 42 points. That's a decline of about a tenth of a percent. S&P E-mini futures, six points lower. And the Nasdaq futures right now, they are down 20 points. You're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. It's 5.07 on Wall Street. Let's bring in Michael Barr now with more on what else is going on in New York and around the world. John, thank you
3: very much. New York City Mayor Eric Adams is preparing to lift requirements that children under the age of five wear face masks in schools.
4: We are announcing that... If the numbers continue to show a low level of risk, let me say that again, if the numbers continue to show a low level of risk, masks will be optional for two to 4 years old students in schools and in daycare.
3: Adams says it will start April 4th if case rates and the risk of the virus spreading remain low. Adams two weeks ago lifted several pandemic-related rules, including requirements in place since the start of the pandemic, that students five and older to wear masks in school. A new federal lawsuit accuses the NYPD of taking and storing DNA as part of an illegal and unregulated database. The lawsuit accuses the department of turning tens of thousands of people into, quote, permanent criminal suspects. It happens when someone is arrested or brought in for questioning and eats, drinks, or smokes while on the premises. The NYPD admits it collects DNA in this way, but says it is within the law. A large destructive tornado struck the east side of New Orleans last night. St. Bernard Parish President Guy McGinnis says the damage is widespread.
6: We had a home that was lifted off its foundation and put into the middle of the street right around the corner from here.
3: Parish President Guy McGinnis says at least one person was killed. The twister was part of an outbreak of severe thunderstorms across the Deep South and followed a siege of tornadoes in Texas on Monday. Hillary Clinton tested positive for COVID-19 and has some mild cold symptoms. According to a tweet, the former Secretary of State and former presidential candidate says she feels fine. Meanwhile, White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki tested positive for COVID-19 and will no longer travel with President Joe Biden to Europe. Psaki says she is experiencing only mild symptoms and will isolate for five days. Biden tested negative. Global News 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Mars. This is Bloomberg, John.
2: And some breaking news crossing the Bloomberg. The Xinhua News Agency in China says the China Eastern Plains' one black box has now been located. Details straight ahead. Michael, thank you very much. 5'10 of Wall Street tied down for the Bloomberg Sports Update is John Stashower. Thanks,
4: John. The Knicks last season finished fourth in the East. This year they are 12th. And any faint hopes of sneaking in the playoffs may have ended with the home loss to Atlanta 117 to 111. Left the Knicks six games out. Only 10 to play. Trey Young led the Hawks, scored 45 points. R.J. Barrett had 30 for the Knicks. In Newark, nightmare second period for the Rangers. Devils won it 5-0, scored all five in a 13-minute span. They won 7-4. Islanders won 3-0 over Ottawa. Ash Barty is the best women's tennis player in the world, ranked number one. She just won Wimbledon, and then the native Aussie captured the Australian Open. But she's retiring at age 25. She's the anti-Tom Brady. Barty says... She no longer has the physical drive or the emotional want. She's getting married. She says she's set to enjoy the next phase of her life. Baseball's opening day. Two weeks from tomorrow, Yankees host the Red Sox. Right now, the question is whether unvaccinated Yankees will be allowed to play. Or will it be a Kyrie Irving situation, not allowed to play home games due to the city's private employer mandate for in-person work? Mayor Adams said yesterday they may peel it back slowly, but that most businesses like the mandate. was Yankee manager Aaron Boone. No, I,
7: I
2: still think there's a lot up in the air and a lot left to play out, and, and we'll just see. But no, we haven't had a big group discussion on, on these kind of things where, again,
7: we're... Um, I feel like Randy's on top of that and handling that, and we'll we'll see where it goes. And and when it comes to time that we have to address it, we will.
4: Boone reference Yankee President Randy Levine, who used to work in City Hall, not known how many or which Yankees are unvaxed. John Stashauer Bloomberg Sports. John?
2: All right, John, thanks a lot. Ahead of the cash open on, the, on Wall Street's, look at futures. They are in the red right now, just slightly. The Dow Futures down 39 points. That's a drop of a tenth of a percent. S&P E-Mini Futures, five points lower. That's down a tenth of a percent. And the Nasdaq E-Mini Futures right now down 23. That is down two-tenths of a percent. This is Bloomberg. And the Bloomberg weather for today, thickening clouds, showers arriving before evening, the high temperature 45 to 50, tonight rain likely, tomorrow occasional rain, the high temperature in the mid-50s. This is Bloomberg. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours
5: a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business app, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash.
1: I'm Nathan Hager. Futures are moving a touch lower this morning while global equity markets climb. Investors are expanding their search for hedges as the Fed's strength and resolve to clamp down on inflation drove bonds toward record losses. We check the markets every 15 minutes during the trading day on Bloomberg. Right now, S&P futures are down 5 points. Dow futures are down 35. NASDAQ futures are lower by 27 points. The DAX in Germany and the CAC in Paris both up two tenths of one percent. The 10-year treasury is up four thirty seconds. The yield 2.36 percent. Yield on the two-year 2.14 percent. NYMEX crude is up nine tenths percent, up 98 cents at $110.25 a barrel. COMEX gold's up three tenths percent or $5.30 at 1932 even an ounce. The euro 1.1016 against the dollar. The pound 1.3235. The yen is at 120. Uh, At 7 a.m. Wall Street time, we get NBA mortgage applications. Then at 10, it's February new home sales. Cintas and General Mills are among companies scheduled to report earnings today. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash, and now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Nathan.
3: There's breaking news. According to the Xinhua News Agency, one black box has been located in the crash of a China eastern plane with 132 people on board. President Joe Biden's trip to Europe comes at a critical moment for the war in Ukraine, which could become a bloody stalemate as Russia pummels cities with airstrikes and artillery. Biden departs today on a four-day trip. He will meet with allies during a long day of meetings in Brussels tomorrow. NATO and the European Union and the group of seven nations are all holding summits that day. Biden on Friday is scheduled to continue on to Poland. In the NBA, the Knicks and Warriors lost. In the NHL, the Devils beat the Rangers 7-4. The Islanders won. The Capitals lost. Global News, 24 hours a day, on air and on Bloomberg Quick Tank, Powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg John.
2: Michael, thank you. 520 on Wall Street. We're live for the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios. And this is Bloomberg Daybreak. This is uh, a pretty big week on the diplomatic front as President Biden travels to Europe for Thursday's NATO meeting. And the Ukraine's uh, President, Vladimir Zelensky, he's going to take part uh, via video. For more, let's... uh Joined with uh, Professor Julie Norman of University College in London. Professor, thanks for being with us. Hey, my first question, is the resolve against Russia as strong and united as it appears to be on the surface?
9: Well, John, that's certainly the image that the U.S. and NATO allies are hoping to project this week. It's notable that they're having an in-person meeting and an in-person meeting with heads of state in particular One of the priorities for the Biden administration from the beginning of this crisis has been to project this sense of unity among allies. That was before the invasion started throughout and then up through today. So one of the goals of this meeting, they'll obviously be discussing substantive things as well, but it is just to project this sense of unity that the heads of state are coming together and are united with that said, there are, of course, some disagreements among them, which they'll be discussing, including the types of military aid, the types of sanctions to continue, um, and how things may or may not escalate after this. So, uh, so there'll be a lot to discuss, but they're hoping that this meeting will at least send a, a message of a united front continuing.
2: Is uh, NATO strong at this point?
9: Well, what we've seen, obviously, throughout this crisis is that it's probably strengthened NATO more than anything else has in recent decades. Obviously, there's going to be some disagreements among members. Uh, Many of the Eastern and Central European states would like an even more robust response to the crisis in Ukraine, uh, additional types of military aid, including um, different kinds of fighter jets, even a no-fly zone, that Western Europeans and the U.S. are not uh, fully on board with. So some of those things will be discussed. But with that said, the way that the alliance has come together wholeheartedly around sanctions, around just the idea of military aid more broadly, uh, and just uh, just shoring up NATO itself throughout all this has probably strengthened the alliance more than, uh, than anything else that we would have seen.
2: You know, a potential Russian oil embargo, that does raise the question of whether Europe can wean itself off Russian energy. Um, just how important is that front?
9: Well, this is something that the Biden administration will probably raise. So the US and also Canada and some other states have, uh, you know, have, have put the sanctions on Russian oil. But that's a little bit easier for states in North America and elsewhere to do than it is for Europe, and especially states like Germany and even Italy that are quite dependent on Russian oil. They have committed to reducing that dependence by two-thirds by the end of the year, but I think we'll see a bit more pressing on what that actually means and if there can be some other steps that can be taken, perhaps sanctioning gas promise and the specific uh, Russian uh, companies and providers that are quite central in this industry.
2: What else stands out for you? What are you uh, particularly focused on right now?
9: Well, I think what we'll also hear, what NATO will discuss behind closed doors, and which we may not get many details on, is uh, you know what their potential response would be if Putin does turn to use chemical weapons or what are sometimes called tactical nuclear weapons, so those that are kind of designed for battlefield use. I think those steps would be unlikely still by Putin, but we know that there are possibilities. And that is something that the Biden administration really wants to make sure allies are on the same page with how they would respond. Again, Biden really does not want this conflict to escalate and to engage the U.S. in particular or NATO. But a crossing of a kind of red line like something like that would probably warrant some kind of response, and NATO's going to have to try and figure out what that might be.
2: One of the things that came out after the Cuban Missile Crisis uh, in in terms of uh, nuclear weapons being used is that it was the tactical commanders on the ground there at the front in Cuba, uh, the Soviet advisors, who would have the say over that. Um, It just raises the specter of, like, things could get really complicated and really, really dangerous very quickly.
9: Absolutely. And that's obviously what the Biden administration NATO has been trying to avoid. That's one reason why they've been very clear in their messaging. Uh, some think maybe uh, to a fault in terms of uh, making it very clear to Putin that they don't want to escalate this to any kind of level that would involve nuclear weapons. Uh, in my opinion, I think they're right to kind of err on that. We don't want to see it get to that point. And as you noted, with Russia right now, it's tricky. Even some of Putin's own military advisors. Who earlier and currently have spoken out against uh, kind of the strategies that he has employed um, have been somewhat sidelined by Putin himself, and it's uh, it's uncertain how much of a uh, of a rationality we can expect from him at this point.
2: Always a pleasure, Professor. Thank you very much, Julie Norman, uh, University College, in London. And ahead of the cash level on Wall Street, uh, look at futures this morning. Kind of treading water. Down futures down just fifty four points. S&P e futures, they are seven points lower right now. And the Nasdaq futures down 28. Real action taking place in the bond markets. Treasuries right now, the 10-year yield, uh, seeing uh, a decline of about one basis point right now at 2.36%. You're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. Bloomberg weather from meteorologist Rob Carroll. Thickening clouds, showers will be here before evening today. The high temperature, forty-five to fifty. We look for tomorrow: occasional rain. The high, fifty to fifty-five degrees. 530 on Wall Street. Good morning. I'm John Tucker.
1: And I'm Nathan Hager. We're just about four hours away from the open of U.S. trading. Let's get you up to date on the news you need to know at this hour. President Biden is heading to Europe to rally allies around tougher sanctions on Russia for its invasion of Ukraine. We get the latest from Bloomberg senior reporter Mark Champion.
4: What they are trying to do is to get ahead of what they know will be a continuing issue with Russia over Ukraine. So try and get ahead on issues like how do we make sure that the sanctions take real effect? How do we resolve our differences over how to deal with energy, particular oil?
1: Bloomberg's Mark Champion says President Biden will join back-to-back summits, first with NATO members
2: in Brussels, then the Group of Seven and European Union. Meantime, on Capitol Hill, it's day three of Judge Ketanji Brown-Jackson's Supreme Court hearing before the Senate Judiciary Committee. Yesterday marked her first chance to field questions from Congress and defend her record.
7: My record demonstrates that I am not proceeding from any sort of preconceived notion about how a case comes out.
2: Jackson faced questions from Republicans about her religion, critical race theory, child pornography, and abortion.
7: I'm not ruling consistent with any sort of ideology. I'm doing what impartial and fair judges do, which is to decide in every case based only on the facts and the
1: law.
2: Jackson returns to Capitol Hill for more questioning today. All right, turning to markets now,
1: John. Global bonds remain under heavy pressure. The Bloomberg Global Aggregate Index, the benchmark for government and corporate debt total returns, has fallen 11% from a high in January of last year. That is the biggest decline from a peak in data stretching back to 1990.
2: And with the bond market in focus, tune in today for more from the Fed. We speak live this morning with San Francisco President Mary Daly. Catch that 11.30 a.m. Wall Street time.
1: In the meantime, a new study shows. many Americans are still seeing wages below $15 an hour. Bloomberg's Renita Young joins us live with the details. Good morning, Renita. Good morning, Nathan. A report from
7: Oxfam America finds one in three U.S. workers is still making less than $15 an hour. And the share of women and people of color earning that amount is even greater. The report helps quantify the impact from the Raise the Wage Act, which would set a $15 federal minimum wage. The legislation is still pending in Congress. Live in New York, I'm Renita Young. Bloomberg Daybreak.
1: All right, Renita, thanks. S&P futures now down 11 points. Dow futures down 78. NASDAQ futures are lower by 43 points. The 10-year Treasury is up 530 seconds. The yield 2.36%. Straight ahead, your local headlines and sports. This is Bloomberg.
2: And it's 533 on Wall Street. Let's bring in Michael Barr now with more on what else is going in New York and around the
3: world. John, thank you very much, sir. New York City Mayor Eric Adams is preparing to lift requirements that children under the age of five wear face masks in schools. Adams says that he will make masks optional for those in daycare and pre-kindergarten starting April 4th if case rates and the risk of the virus spreading remain low.
4: And let me tell you something. It doesn't matter... What decisions you make on this, you're going to have um, vociferous people on both sides of the conversations. And so we, we can't go by the noise. We have to go by the science and we have to go by the safety of our children.
3: Two weeks ago, Mayor Adams lifted several pandemic related rules, including requirements in place since the start of the pandemic. That students five and older wear masks in school. At least one person is dead after a tornado tore through parts of New Orleans and its suburbs last night, flipping cars and ripping roofs off homes. Parts of St. Bernard Parish, which borders New Orleans to the southeast, appeared to take the brunt of the twister. Louis Pomus is the St. Bernard Parish Road Yard Chief of Operations.
4: They did a walkthrough on every street that was damaged and we we're doing the search and rescue at every house that we could possibly do
3: road yard chief louis palmas the damage comes after other tornadoes spawned by the same storm system hit parts of texas and oklahoma white house press secretary jen saki has tested positive again for covid saki says she will no longer travel with president joe biden to europe the president has tested negative hillary clinton says she has tested positive for covid 19 In a tweet, Clinton says she has some mild cold symptoms but is feeling fine. A Taliban official says the hardline leadership of Afghanistan's new rulers has decided against opening educational institutions to girls beyond grade six. It is the first day of Afghanistan's new school year. Global news, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries.
2: I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg, John. Michael, thank you. Coming up on 536 on Wall Street. Time now for the Bloomberg Sports Update. And here's John Stashauer.
4: All right, John. Last season ended for the Knicks with a loss at the Garden to the Trey Young-led Atlanta Hawks. Last night, Young was back. Scored 45 points. Led Atlanta to a 117-111 victory that likely ended the Knicks' already faint playoff hopes. R.J. Barrett scored 30. Knicks were without the injured Julius Randle. who got fined $40,000 for using hostile language towards a ref. As if Randle's season hasn't gone poorly enough, he's now been a total of $130,000. Rangers in New Jersey led 2-0 second period. Then the Devils scored five goals in 13 minutes. Jack Hughes added two more in the third. Devils won 7-4. Islanders, 3-0 shot out of Ottawa. NIT wins for Xavier and St. Bonaventure. Both will come to the Garden next week for the NIT Final Four. In Port St. Lucie, Mets over the Marlins 2-0. Welcome back, Jacob DeGrom. He got six outs, five by strikeout. DeGrom's brilliant 2021 season came to an end. In early July, Jordan Montgomery roughed up. Toronto beat the Yankees 9-2. to Baseball is bringing back the ghost runner. Extra innings will again begin with a runner at second base. The feeling is with a shortened spring training that's for the best. Not to have extra long games are also expanding the rosters in April. Stunning news from tennis. World number one, Ash Barty, announced her retirement. I
7: don't have that in I don't have the the physical drive, the emotional um, want and, and kind of everything it takes to, to challenge yourself at the very top of the level anymore. And I think I just know that I'm absolutely, I, I, I am spent. Um, I just know physically I, I have nothing more to give. Marty's
4: only 25. She did step away from tennis once before. John Stashower, Bloomberg Sports, John?
2: All right, thanks, John. 537 on Wall Street. Time now for the Tri-State Business Report. For that,
8: we're joined by Bloomberg's Ed Corey. Last month, 4,078 homes were listed for sale across New York City, according to StreetEasy. That's the most ever recorded in February by the company. The previous high was 3,538 in February 2018. 16,622 New York City homes were for sale in February. Manhattan apartment rentals are booming and sales are reaching record levels, but offices in Midtown are attracting barely one-third of pre-pandemic workforces. Chris Jones, Senior Research Fellow at the Regional Plan Association, tells the Wall Street Journal Midtown is going to have to reinvent itself. The proposed Gateway Rail Tunnel between New York and New Jersey is expected to compete for some of the $2.9 billion in grants that the Biden administration is making available for projects of regional or national significance. That's according to Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg. That's your Bloomberg Tri-State Business Report. I'm Ed Corey. It's 538 on
2: Wall Street. Bloomberg Radio is on the air from San Francisco to New York, London to Hong Kong. Let's check in now with our global news team for some of the top stories heard on our 300 affiliate radio stations around the world.
4: I'm Steve Potusk, and on 1010 Winds in New York, we're talking about how the pandemic surge in
8: tipping looks to be slowing down.
0: I'm Courtney Donahoe on KTRH in
7: Houston. One in three American workers earns less than $15 an hour.
0: I'm Gina Cervetti, and for WBBM in Chicago, I'm reporting that FDA inspectors found unsanitary conditions at an Abbott Labs plant that makes infant formula five months before the company conducted a recall of products associated with the deaths of two babies.
10: I'm Caroline Hepcom, Bloomberg DAV, Digital Radio in London. We're reporting on a 30-year high for UK inflation as the Chancellor announces his mini-budget in the spring statement.
8: I'm Ed Corey on WWJ in Detroit. I'm reporting shares of automakers fell on Monday on supply chain fears. And those are some of the
2: stories our 2,700 Bloomberg journalists and analysts are working on this morning around the world. It's 539 on Wall Street. The following is an editorial from Bloomberg Opinion.
6: Russia's invasion of Ukraine has reminded the U.S. and Europe that their alliance matters. Their united response to the war should alert them to something else, that resilience depends on economic cooperation, not just security commitments. In that light, reviving stalled talks on a free trade agreement is more urgent than ever. Negotiations over the Transatlantic Trade and Investment Partnership which could have led to a fully formed U.S.-EU free trade area, were halted during the Trump administration. With President Biden traveling to Europe this week, the time may be right to restart discussions. The Allies have a crisis to manage, of course, so commerce won't be at the front of anyone's mind. But Putin's war has shown just how crucial it is for the U.S. and Europe to have strong partnerships. That means cooperating on trade, as well as security. This editorial was written by the Bloomberg Opinion Editorial Board. I'm David Shipley. For more Bloomberg Opinion, please go to Bloomberg.com slash opinion or OPI&Go on the Bloomberg Terminal.
2: This has been Bloomberg Opinion. And Bloomberg Opinion editorials can be heard every weekday at this time. And Terminal customers can read more at opi go You're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. And ahead of the open on Wall Street this morning, futures indicate a lower open. Dow futures down 82 points. s and E-mini futures 13 points lower. The Nasdaq futures are down 53.
5: Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business app, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash.
1: I'm Nathan Hager. Global equity markets are mixed this morning. Investors are expanding their search for hedges as the Federal Reserve's strengthened resolve to clamp down on inflation has driven bonds toward record losses. We check the markets every 15 minutes during the trading day on Bloomberg. Right now, S&P futures are down 16 points. Dow futures down 103. NASDAQ futures lower by 68 points. That's a drop of nearly a half percent. The 10-year Treasury is up 7.30 seconds. The yield 2.35 percent. Yield on the two-year, 2.12%. NYMEX Crude is up 1.8%, up $1.91 at $111.18 a barrel. COMEX Gold, up 4 tenths percent, up $8.40 at 19 10 an ounce. The euro is at 1.0994 uh, against the dollar. British pound, 1.3224. The yen is at 120.97. A uh, quick check of Bitcoin, it's down one and a quarter percent on the session, trading right around $42,000. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. And now here's Michael Barr with more on what's
3: going on around the world. Michael? Nathan, thank you very much. China says one of two black boxes from the China Eastern plane crash was found in severely damaged condition. 132 people were killed in the plane crash. President Joe Biden is seeking to rally U.S. allies around harder-hitting sanctions to punish Russia for invading Ukraine. Biden leaves today for back-to-back summits Thursday with NATO, the Group of Seven, and the European Union in Brussels. In the NBA, the Knicks and Warriors lost. Devils beat the Rangers seven four in the NHL. Global news twenty four hours a day on air and on Bloomberg QuickTake, powered by more than twenty seven hundred journalists and analysts in more than one hundred twenty countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg.
2: John. Michael. Thank you. Five forty nine on Wall Street. I'm John Zucker. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. The war in Ukraine has sparked a refugee crisis in Poland. Millions have fled Ukraine are flooding into cities like warsaw it's an impossible situation for a lot of these refugees it's also causing stress on these cities and towns in poland and now the mayor of warsaw is warning the city's reaching a breaking point let's get a closer look at the situation right now in a special report from bloomberg's greg jarrett
11: we have bloomberg reporters on the ground as the ever-increasing flow of refugees stream in to poland among them Aggie Cantrell.
7: Poland is now looking at integrating these people into the labor force, into the education system. And once they're here, it's important to see where they can go next. There's already a huge amount of people who have moved to Warsaw and to other European countries, and that's a key concern for the European Union going forward. After getting these people over the border, how they're able to find places to live and work more securely.
11: There are many non-governmental organizations also trying to help. Captain Oleg Somerlenko of the Salvation Army in Warsaw is welcoming thousands, providing them with food, shelter, emotional and spiritual care, translation services, and useful references for medical and legal advice.
12: Poland is the closest country for them, and the language is almost the same. It's very similar, so we understand each other. So for them, like Poland will be the main destination. And I think for many years, Poland was the country where Ukrainians would come to work So many of them would already have somebody in Poland, like part of family, daughter, mother, somebody who will work here like for years. Some of them are standing in in cars to the border. I know one lady who spent like five days sitting in the car with a child waiting on on a queue to get to the border.
11: What are conditions like today, Oleg, as the number of people who are crowding into Poland from Ukraine increases exponentially?
12: They say it's around... One million and half now in Warsaw. So we think it's even more. You know, like our, our cities in Poland are not so big, you know, so these conditions are not the best one now. So people are sleeping in uh, different shelters, organized by government. They try to find uh, apartments, but it's very difficult now to rent apartments because people who rented apartments before to people, you know, they, they say like, well, we are afraid that in one apartment will leave like 20 people. So nobody wants to rent Ukrainian people because they're afraid that they will bring more Ukrainians to the apartment.
11: I understand that uh, most of Europe and most of the places these Ukrainian refugees are going are in hopes of integrating the population so they can go to work, so they can support themselves, so they can pay for things themselves. Are there some people that's more difficult for than others?
12: I have people who are lawyers, doctors, teachers, you know, people who work on a really nice position in Ukraine, but here, because of lack of language, you know, they go to work like a cleaner, you know, they go to work in a restaurant for the kitchen, you know, like a helper. So they're really on a low position now. Yeah, I think it will be more difficult for senior people. It's always difficult to get any job for senior people, even in normal days. If they are like uh, black people, I would say, you know, like if people are uh, not Ukrainian white people, In Poland, it could be a big problem because Poland is is a country, you know, a white country. So for many people, they will be a little bit afraid, you know. They need the time until they will know you better. And that's why in Salvation Army, we actually try to help them and we connect them with other people from Africa or Asia who live already here in in Poland.
11: What does the Salvation Army need to do its job uh, in helping these people from Ukraine who are just trying to get out of war's way?
12: Sure, sure. Of course, without any help, you know, it would be very difficult for us. So we are really grateful for, actually, all donations we are getting, you know, all requests to help us we are getting. But I think it would be amazing if people would like to help. So they contact, you know, Salvation Army in USA.
11: Our thanks to Captain Oleg Samolenko of the Salvation Army in Warsaw. Samolenko says those wishing to help can find more information at SalvationArmyUSA.org. Continue to listen to Bloomberg Radio for the latest on the war in Ukraine and the humanitarian cost. I'm Greg Jarrett,
1: Bloomberg Radio. All right, Greg, thank you. It's now 5.53 on Wall Street. Time now for our Bloomberg Law Report. Let's get to the legal stories we're watching this morning. Here's Bloomberg's Jeff Bellinger.
4: California Governor Gavin Newsom signed a bill that outlaws insurance deductibles and co-pays for abortions. The law takes effect January 1st. A conservation group told an Arizona federal court that the EPA's water quality policies don't do enough to protect salmon, sea turtles, and other species from cadmium pollution. Novo Nordisk and Novartis settled a patent infringement suit over the diabetes drug Victoza. The suit
5: was scheduled for a bench trial in Delaware federal court next month. Bloomberg Law, everything you need, all on one legal research platform, including guidance, analysis, and Bloomberg Market Intelligence. Find out more at BloombergLaw.com.
1: And now another legal story we're watching is on Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Repeated attacks on civilian targets have led to calls to hold President Vladimir Putin and his subordinates accountable. The International Criminal Court has opened an investigation into war crimes in Ukraine. However, it's far from certain that Putin will be brought to justice under international law. For more on the matter, Bloomberg's June Grosso speaks to Kate McIntosh, executive director of the Promise Institute for Human Rights at UCLA School of Law.
0: What has to be proven to prosecute someone like Vladimir Putin? Do you have to show that his actions were intentional? What has to be shown?
10: You do. And I think that is the reason for the slight hesitancy in declaring that he is a war criminal before any proper investigation has taken place and just based on reports of what we've seen occurring actually on the ground. because intentionally directing military attacks against a civilian population or civilian targets like hospitals or the art school that we saw recently or a museum that would be a war crime but the fact that these targets are hit during a conflict does not necessarily mean they were intentionally targeted so it would be possible I mean, frankly, this seems unlikely in the kind of situation we're seeing reported in Ukraine. It would be possible for a legitimate target to be targeted and for there to be incidental, or what we often hear of referred to as collateral damage, which actually wouldn't be a war crime as long as it wasn't completely out of whack, you know, completely disproportionate. So I think that's the hesitancy. So in order to find Vladimir Putin or anybody else guilty of a war crime, it would have to be established that they, you know, intended, directed or gave orders to the effect that something like civilians should be targeted, hospitals should be targeted, and Mariupol actually is another example because besieging a city or trying to inflict starvation on a civilian population is another war crime. So where that can be tied back to specific orders and directions, then a war crime is proved.
0: That sounds like you would need someone on the inside who Putin is giving orders to or who overheard what Putin was saying. It
10: could come down
0: to that. I mean, I've worked
10: at the Yugoslavia War Crimes Tribunal and also the Rwanda Tribunal, so I've seen these cases, and in some cases, it did rely on intercepts or insider witnesses to establish a chain of command. But the threshold is not necessarily that high. There's also legally a possibility that intention can be inferred, right, if it's so obvious from the situation that there's no way anything else, any other intention could be inferred than that that instruction had been given. So for for example, if there is an attack on a hospital and there's nothing in the vicinity that could be a legitimate military objective, there's no allegation that the hospital was being used as some kind of military headquarters, then we can infer that there was a deliberate intention to attack that hospital.
1: That's Kate McIntosh, Executive Director of the Promise Institute for Human Rights at UCLA School of Law, speaking with Bloomberg's June Grosso. Catch more of that interview plus analysis of the latest legal news by listening to the Bloomberg Law Show at 10 p.m. Eastern Time on Bloomberg Radio or subscribing to the Bloomberg Law Podcast. And attorneys can find exceptional legal research and business development tools at BloombergLaw.com. Right now, S and P futures are extending their declines, down 16 points. Down Dow futures down 104. Nasdaq futures are lower by 63 points. The 10-year Treasury is up 7.30 seconds. Yield 2.35 percent. Yield on the 2-year 2.11 percent. NYMEX crude is up one and three quarters percent. Now up a dollar ninety at 111.17 dollars 17 an ounce. Bloomberg Daybreak continues with our top stories just ahead. This is Bloomberg. Good morning.